Welcome to Planet Logic. I'm Lynn Woolley. Today's episode, Temple Residents Push Back on City's Woke DEI Pursuit. This episode was produced in cooperation with Political Pursuits, the podcast. Here is Luann Anderson. Pursuits the podcast. I'm your host, Lou Ann Anderson. I am joined here today by my good friend and longtime colleague, Lynn Woolley, host of Talk Radio 1370's Cardle and Woolley, heard 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday in the Austin area. He is also the purveyor of Planet Logic. And we are here to discuss some hot goings on in the city of Temple. Last week, I published a a column over on WB Daily, and it was entitled Witch Hunt, Temple's Proposed DEI Program to Search Out, Quote, Unintended Barriers. Well, the whole idea of the city of Temple looking to bring in a a, uh, consulting company called Nova Collective out of Chicago, a self-described women-owned BIPOC-led company devoted to transforming organizational cultures no matter where they are on their DEI journey. Of course, for those who aren't familiar, BIPOC is Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. And of course, DEI journey refers to diversity, equity, and inclusion three terms which are anything but what DEI programs functionally seem to usher in. Nonetheless, this whole proposal certainly caught my attention as it evidently has a whole lot of other people in Temple. And so kind of ironically last night I was over having dinner with some friends and we were talking because the next step in the city of Temple's DEI journey was to have been a meeting on Tuesday afternoon in which the DEI commission um the you know DEI commission the the Committee, the, the, yeah, 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 the, yeah, that committee, you know, that was going to be there, the diversity, the equity, the inclusion committee. They were going to be taking a vote on recommending to the city council the use and acceptance of the contract with this Nova Collective. And so that meeting was looking to possibly be pretty, pretty, you know, well attended and potentially contentious. Because of all the attention that that was getting last night at dinner, dinner, I asked the group, does anybody really think, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think the meeting's going to take place or do you think that perhaps it could be postponed, tabled, because they would be looking to, you know, maybe let public opinion on this kind of cool down? And we all pretty much were in consensus that probably something was going to happen, whether it be, you know, truthfully positioned or some excuse made that we didn't think that meeting was ever going to take place well that was over the main course by dessert son of a gun an email came through from our mayor tim davis and one of the the people there said whoa guys hang on to this we've got an update from our mayor and the email contained um 
the kind of normal normal bureaucratic speak about you know the privilege to serve the community that's been so good to my family but it went on to say this is from mayor tim davis that went out at 751 last night friday night 751 so i think that this safe to say this is an issue that's gotten the attention of our city leaders I wanted to let you know that I have instructed the city manager to inform the Nova Collective that the city of Temple will not be contracting with them for any services. This email uh, also had a letter attached to it, and the letter is, it's not dated, it's from Mayor Tim Davis and City Manager Bryn Myers that goes through and explains their position on that they will not be pursuing or they will not move forward with the proposed contract so that's what happened last night on friday night in temple lynn i know we've had a lot of conversations over the last several weeks as this been going up about this program and the dangers that it brings what are your thoughts about this latest development well i think temple texas and to some extent bell county is almost becoming a textbook case that these things can be stopped and the problem with diversity equity and inclusion is as you say it's typically the opposite of what the name is it's like gender affirming care you know gender affirming care is is surgical mutilation uh and and we're trying to rename the definition of recession right now as well diversity equity and inclusion diversity is something that occurs naturally i mean in in a world like ours with airplanes and and soldiers coming home having married foreign women and all that it it just happens it's not anything to celebrate to me it's not anything not to celebrate it just is and everybody's accepted it for generations so i don't really know why all of a sudden that's come up equity of course is government enforced equality equality under god where you have the ability to go out and make yourself the best you can be but equity is guaranteed outcomes so that even the uh, uh, people who are, are, let's say, not qualified to do something can still get the job under equity because their own qualifications, their own personal initiative, uh, whether they learned a, a usable trade and made themselves worthwhile to somebody else, that doesn't matter under equity. It falsely positions everyone as being qualified for everything. Exactly. And then, of course, inclusion. And sometimes we include a little too much. I think that's part of the Soros DA thing where, oh, my gosh, we uh, we have too many people of a certain color locked up. Let's let them out. And then we let them out and they commit more murders. And then they go back through the system again and they're back out on the street the next day. That happened in New York City uh, earlier this week when that that guy in the subway was just beating the living daylights out of a policeman while two other policemen didn't do anything and nobody in the crowd helped because the policemen don't want to be indicted by the Soros DA and end up going to jail. Well, they did arrest the guy. They put him in jail, and he was out like in a couple of hours without bail under the new bail act up there. Right. So all of this stuff has combined to make the country a far worse and less safe place than it used to be. So circling back to the city of Temple, Texas, if you're listening to this in Bangor, Maine, or Walla Walla, Washington, or someplace like that, why do you care? 
because you can beat it. You can beat it back. And what was what happened here was that various groups got together, individual people. They wrote letters to the editor. The newspaper printed them. They went to the meetings. They made their statements. They basically said, somewhere maybe, but not here. And it got to the point where I believe our city manager of Temple, a woman named Bren Myers, in a essentially young female run city uh, under a five member city council uh, said, well, we're going to have to still we're doing it. We're not going to stop, but we're not going to do it by hiring a Chicago group called the Nova Collective for one hundred and twelve thousand dollars. So we'll just do it inside our own staff. So I think that 50 percent of the battle has been won. We're not paying the $112,000 to a, a company out of a city that is a total wreck of a city right now with uh, Kim Fox as their prosecutor and, and Lori Lightfoot as possibly the worst mayor in the history of the world uh, and, and a company that calls himself The Collective, which as a Star Trek fan reminds me of the Borg. But anyway, I think we, we had that minor success. Now coming back, the whole idea of the diversity, equity, and inclusion is a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. It's the most divisive thing any any government can ever do, and so they're all doing it because it's a fad. So the question next is, where do we go from here? Well, and the whole the whole DEI concept, it's not like that's something new anymore. I can remember some years ago. I remember years ago when we were still doing um, the show up here out of temple your radio show and i remember us talking about when ut first hired a director of cross-cultural and (laughs) something or another you know that was 15 years ago and that was some of the some of the first times we started seeing this stuff but now the term dei is becoming familiar to people they have seen it implemented in different venues be it private be it public and they've seen what it means, and it generally seems to be, especially when it's doing, it's something that's being done in government in some kind of uh, publicly funded uh, venue. It seems to be something in which taxpayers have to pay for a company or some body of people to come in and tell them how wrong and bad they are. And it has become seen as a means for exerting control silencing free expression and free thought if you go outside whatever is deemed as the acceptable point of view then you are not qualified if i were an employee of the city of temple i would have been horrified that this was going on because to me it sounds as though and i wrote about this in my column there at wb daily i wrote about the fact that they're looking at what was it they were looking at these these unintended barriers well what barriers are they talking about or who are might be those barriers that they're talking about and if i am determined a barrier then am i no longer qualified or eligible to work for the city of temple and by the way who is the person who is determining those standards of being a barrier i suspect it's this uh diversity equity and inclusion commission or those that they have tapped to to do their work and i'm not sure that what their definitions are always fall within what even i would think the 
EEOC type guidelines from our federal guidelines fall within? Well, no, Eric E. Garcia uh, has a story in the Saturday, July 30th edition of the Temple Daily Telegram. And there's this this uh, paragraph is in there. Community opposition to Nova Collective included a group that claimed the study and any subsequent training would focus on drag queens or sexual identity and lead to indoctrination. If that's what the city thinks, the city is barking down a, a rabbit hole here, a wrong path. I, I, look, I, in Austin, where I'm working now, uh, Stephanie Elizalde, who has just resigned as the school superintendent in Austin to go back to her previous uh, city, Dallas, to be the school superintendent there, um, they had a huge month-long celebration in Austin schools of uh, Pride Month where they brought in drag queens. I don't see that as the thing in Temple. I don't see that at all. I think what people, I think people objected to two things. I think they objected to the taking of $112,000, serting them into said commode, and hitting the flush button because this is a waste of money on an epic scale. It's just that Temple's a city of 82,000 people. If we were a city of 500,000 people, that study would have been half a million dollars easy. So the other thing I think they object to is the idea that in a city where no lawsuits have been filed that I know of, and we'll get to the police shooting case in a moment, no lawsuits have been filed that I'm aware of. Maybe you're aware of something that I'm not. I have, I go around Temple uh, a lot because I'm, I'm here all weekend. I don't see any kind of racial unrest in Temple, Texas. I, I just am not aware of it. The late, and I will say great, Roscoe Harrison was a, a longtime 30-year friend of mine who passed away recently and was the first ever african-american guy and was highly thought yeah. of in this community by black white hispanic everybody, everybody. He, he was a guy that was universally loved yes uh, he was the he was the first uh, black announcer on the local radio station uh, way probably way back in the 60s and was the first uh, black anchor on one of the local network affiliates here and uh, it, it, i didn't agree with him all the time but he was a wonderful guy, and I agreed with him most of the time. And he led a very amazing life and was a trailblazer. I don't. I just don't know why. Well, I think I do know why. But uh, but I'll finish that sentence. Why we are looking for a solution to a problem that I don't think this city has, and I don't think a lot of cities have this problem. Chicago may, Dallas may, that's a different situation. Those are major metropolitan areas. I think the reason that we are doing this is because our city staff is comprised of, of, of mostly young people who have come out of college with their little degrees and this is a fad right now. It's it's a it, it it's what we got from Barack Obama. This is what he left us is all this racial divisiveness because he was the most race based president we ever have had, at least up until Joe Biden, who seems to be just as bad. But everybody has a DEI committee. Everybody has a, a DEI consultant. Therefore, we must have one. Well, that goes back to the whole monkey see, monkey do of government. And where does a lot of that, that all that mindset come from? 
With the cities, it comes from places like the Texas Municipal League. Just like, and I mean, you and I have talked about this for for decades now. Just like with the schools, it comes from organizations like TASB, Texas Association of School Boards, Texas Association of School Administrators at the county level, Texas Association of Counties. They go to these seminars. They go to these conferences. That type of ideology is is preached there you have the representatives from these companies like these consulting companies you have them with booths they're wanting to talk to these people from what i understand representatives or our city council went to some type of seminar put on by a company mcmillan company and it basically sounds as though it was an indoctrination session for DEI. And so at that point, they're told, this is what everybody's doing. And again, monkey see, monkey do world of government. Well, if everybody else is, these big cities are doing it, you know, after all, Temple wants to grow up and be Austin. So why are we surprised that they're they're bringing that in? I'm here? there five days a week. Would you like me to start in on the reasons <laughs> yeah, that, that, you, that you don't that was, want to be and, Austin? And that was. But a, look, yeah. Luann, uh, I'm 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 one of the people in the world. You are too. That is not included in BIPOC, which you mentioned earlier. I'm not black. I guess I'm in, I'm I'm indigenous. I'll say that I was born uh, in Temple, Texas, so I'm indigenous enough. I'm not a what is called a person of color, so I'm I'm not uh, in that BIPOC umbrella. But yet we bring in some company here. Thank goodness we're not. But if we had brought them in, this was not going to represent any of my interests. What are my interests in this town? Let me tell you. I want my streets to not be full of potholes. I want my sewer not to back up when I flush. I want my water to be clean and, am I saying this right, potable? Yes. All right. I want my water to be drinkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garbage collected. I would like to look at such other esoteric city issues as do we need a downtown convention center in the town to help it grow? Do we need passenger traffic at the airport? Or do we have to be bookended by two other cities that are roughly uh, uh, simpatico cities, both have functioning airports, and we don't have anything like that here? These are big overall issues that I would like to see the city worry about because those are things, if they want to grow this town into a city of 100,000, 200,000, whatever they want it to be, and right now it will because Californians are flooding in, but this is what they need to be operating on and not worrying about uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're f- plenty diverse. We are plenty inclusive. Equity is something that people have to go out and make for themselves. Well, and, and here in the letter that they, they sent out, it says, The City of Temple's mission for our organization is that we provide exceptional services without exception. Our mission statement is intentionally short and simple, but also powerful and inclusive. So they want to provide exceptional services. Yes, and again, that has to do with your water running. That has to do with my garbage getting picked up on time. Law enforcement, us having traffic, you know, you having traffic controls and making sure that your streets are kept safe, public service public service issues, be it your safe streets or having crime prevention or addressing crime when it does happen. These are the kinds of things I want my city to do. Now, 
Cities will also argue, well, people care about quality of life issues. That's where we get into things like the parks, like rec centers, things like that. Museums and attractions. Yes, and there is, and and those things, there is a place for those. And I do understand that from a civic standpoint, making your civic entity more appealing does help to attract people and a degree of growth is is desirable and so you know there we can good people can disagree on just how far things go i don't need my parks and recreation department to to uh double as parents during summer months by putting on so many programs that it kind of usurps the family unit um so i mean there are some things where i think you can go overboard but there are some quality of life issues that cities can legitimately get involved with also but when we go and again when i'm reading this about oh we're going to go and now we're going to start surveying the people who provide these services to make sure that they're not bringing biases to their to their workplace and i worry constantly that the people who gather up my garbage are not diverse enough this worries me I mean, what if they're not equitably equitable or what if they're not inclusive? I don't understand this. No, you can. You, you, these people are easy to make fun of. The problem of making fun of them is that they typically get their way on this sort of things. Let me ask you a direct question. Where do you think the pressure came from? Was, was this something the city cooked up at some meeting? You know what? We need a DEI committee. Everybody has one. Austin has one. Dallas has one. We need one, too. Or do you think there were outside groups that came in? Uh, and where can we identify those outside groups? And were they able to put some kind of pressure on the city manager and her staff? All of the above. Number one, monkey see monkey do in the culture municipal culture there's not you want to talk about a a lack of diversity of ideas if within municipal culture it's trendy that everybody should have a dei commission and then you want to go and do these these surveys and these these evaluations to get yourself you know become a blue check I'm I'm woke. I'm diverse. Yeah. Named city, then there is definitely a mindset toward that. But to your point about what outside influences might there have been, uh, two come to mind real easily. Number one, December 2019, the police-involved shooting of a young man named Michael Dean. That is an issue of its own, which we will go into, but. The city's handling of that, the timing of it happening in December 2019. After the city's annual Christmas parade. And right before, six months before we had the summer of hell with all of the George Floyd riots going on, I think that that whole that whole environment during that time certainly and not to mention the subsequent lawsuit that's come following the Michael Dean shooting and the city has a problem here, and it's, a lot of it, I think, seems to be its own. Well, the, city's, also, the city's not transparent at right. all. The city's very secretive about this particular case, and, and uh, it, it makes me wonder what else they're secretive about that, before, I, that I just yes, don't know about. Yes, but before we, we get – I'm happy for us to go back and talk more on this Michael Dean thing because I think there's a lot to be said there. But a second outside factor is meta. 
And I feel like when you say meta here in the city of Temple, I feel like there should be like a chorus of angels that all of a sudden, <laughs> lights should shine down. Yes, yeah, but yes. that's but that's Facebook. That's Mark Zuckerberg. And, and you know, there, there's a huge presence in this area within within a hundred mile circle. Uh, Austin, Austin started uh, a company built a started building a skyscraper. Uh, I guess about two years ago, I remember walking by and watching them dig the hole for the foundation. It's going to be the sixth largest or tallest building in the state. And uh, it's about two thirds of the way done now. And Facebook came in and rented 35 stories. Wow. So they're going to have a huge presence in this area. Yeah. Not not surprised. And when they have a huge presence. They have a huge influence. Exactly. So do you think and are you in any way of the opinion that when Meta decided to spend $800 million in Temple to build a call center or a data center, do you think they insinuated in any, any way whatsoever we'd like for this city to be more woke? I don't think they had to. I don't think they had to. I think that the process by which Meta even came here was a long process. There was, you know, I mean, it was an interview process, so to speak, of the city had to go through a lot of steps from meetings we've had with Tim Davis. There were points in time when it first started that they didn't even necessarily know who the client was when they first started talking about yes the potential of a business interest coming into temple and wanting to bring this development project that would have these certain uh parameters to it so i think that it was an implied wokeness that needs to come with it but since then since it's all been announced now and we know in meta certainly this from the school district standpoint and I mean, the timing of it was such that they were very happy to announce Meta coming right there before the school bond elections so that the additional revenue, which Meta is alleged to ultimately bring in, could be touted as part of, oh, this is going to help keep our tax base more in, in check. But with regard to Meta, which again is Facebook, I want people to understand this is Mark Zuckerberg yes. we have allowed to breach yes. our city. And I'm for it from an economics development standpoint, the jobs it will create, but I have my doubts about it from the standpoint of one of the things that they kept saying in the articles and kept being quoted in the local media that uh, they're they're hoping they can form local partnerships. Does that include our schools? Because I don't want Meta or Jeff Zuckerberg to have one iota of influence on our schools, not one. The guy stands for all kinds of things that I think are damaging to America and to our our, our young, malleable-minded kids. I don't want Meta in our schools. Yes, and that's something that the the Telegram reported from Mayor Tim Davis told the Telegram, Meta has a track record of partnering with local school districts to provide innovative opportunities for our students. Today with Amazon Business, Shannon Stuckey of Walburn Woodworking helped her team buy 63 circular saws. Okay, Andy, take it easy. Now she uses her time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. The type of innovation that Meta could bring to our students, I'm not certain, is a good thing. And well, I'm certain it's not. Yes. Uh, this would be the case with Google or 
or uh, and I wonder what I wonder what the city of Taylor is going to look like uh, if half of this uh, pie in the sky that they're talking about with Samsung right, up there, the chip plant. if all that goes through, Taylor will be the, the second yes. largest city in the area uh, and, and, and gaining on Austin. Uh, but I, I, I believe about uh, a third of, of what I hear on well, that. Well, here, Meta will reportedly uh, provide community grants for local schools, nonprofits, and community projects in, return in the Temple for what? area. Yeah, yeah, what are in those return strings? For what? Community grants come with strings. What are those strings? What are the boxes that have to be checked? Could one of them been a DEI effort in Temple? And I would say, you know, that's something you or I don't know for sure, but come on. Do we not think that that totally is I wish we could bring equation. a conservative high-tech industry to temple like um i'm sorry i I can't think of one (laughs) uh yeah you have pockets of people that are out there peter teal he's not really conservative but at least he's more libertarian minded but um no there's not there's not many of them and elon bless his heart you know there knows what he is (laughs) you know the the hell that he has caused to twitter makes me like him exactly and and he's a practical guy he's almost a trumpish guy in a way because elon likes to do things remember we can't send a guy up to the uh, or an astronaut up to the international space station anymore but elon musk can right Right. Yeah. No, no, no. He's he's kind of he's similar to Trump in that put a problem in front of him and tell him it can't be done. And he will and do he it. He says like hell. <laughs> but then he will do something dumb the next day. I exactly. mean, you know, it's just... exactly exactly. He, he keeps saying he keeps things interesting. And I mean, you know, Twitter ought to have some type of appreciation for him because in ways musk has replaced what trump used to be on twitter in terms of just trolling people and keeping things interesting that that is yeah. absolutely but true. no to your question i do believe that that meta dangling what it is and also the fact that oh we've got meta here who else because these tech companies it's not you know it's not surprising when they follow each other around so who else might we be able to attract if we get even more appealing it, to them it and would, wokeism is part of that equation it That's would not why, surprise me at all if you don't see an announcement that samsung is going to do something in temple because they are looking for places all over central texas so i'll have to rename and we can't have the mayor of meta and the council of correctness anymore i'll have to come up well with i a don't new know name. Uh, Temple has traditionally been, when it comes to technology, more of, of science, more biotech, more medicine, and uh, you know, in conjunction with Baylor, Scott and White, and and uh, all the research labs that the city has, which dot used to dot the city. I'm not sure how many of them are still open, but now we seem to be looking at trying to bring in the techs. We've already got Acer here to a certain extent. Correct. It's not a huge place, but it's significant for a small town. And then with Meta coming in, but a- you but gotta Acer wonder who's next. Here. Yeah, I mean, but then Acer has been here, and I don't know that much about them. But to my knowledge, I would say they have been here and just been a a solid community partner. Well, I don't think they. That, I don't think they they have thousands of people over there, and I don't think that that they're of the 
the significance to this town, I know that they're probably in some places they are, uh, that Meta is going to be with regard to how many people they hire. So it's just, you know, it's how much you bring to the city, how many jobs, how much it's, land you're going to take also, up. It's also yeah. a corporate social status. And that's yes. the thing. Meta is a, you know, if you're a social climbing municipality, mm-hmm. Meta's a coup. But we have huge companies headquartered here. I mean, Baylor Scott & White is really out of Dallas, but it has a huge presence in Temple. Correct. And I'm sure it has a lot of influence. Yeah. And then you look at um, uh, McLean Company. Yeah. Uh, that's a, what, a $40 billion? No. Let's go. Let's go. Sixty, sixty-five billion. Okay, sixty-five billion dollars. And, and McLean, while people, while people love to talk about Drayton McLean, McLean Company as that's, an that's entity has always been. Yes, now it's Warren Buffett, and they certainly have their own DEI, um, you know, department and all of that that they have implemented here in the last few years as well. I don't know what Buffett's. But let me ask you a question about McLean that. Company. But McLean has never been viewed, it has never had the social cachet here in Temple. Well, I was going to say, does McLean Company spend the bulk of its time uh, trying to make Temple be woke or the bulk of its time trying to get groceries distributed and bring in more clients and grow their company? Yeah, no, they, they've, got their, they've got their hands full trying to keep those trucks running and trying to get their, their deliveries And from all instances fulfilled. that I know, it's a great company. My husband was there for over 20 years, and we had a wonderful experience with him. Well, you mentioned the, the elephant in the room, and that's the, the, the Dean shooting. Correct. Do you think that – let me just summarize it again. Night of the Christmas parade, a black man named Michael Dean is driving home. A cop pulls him over. He doesn't want to get pulled over, but he finally does pull over. The policeman goes to the driver's side or to the passenger side window. The window is rolled down. The car's on. He wants the keys. They struggle over the keys. And he accidentally, from what we're told, pulls the trigger and it goes through Michael Dean's brain. And with the stop, with the stop, there was probably a higher level of of. Um, emotion of adrenaline going with it because dean did not stop initially exactly he did i don't i'm not going to say that it was some high high speed pursuit but he did not initially stop such that the cop didn't necessarily know what the demeanor was going to be of the person when he finally did pull over if it was going to be more combative or what i don't think this was a murder i don't think that that the policeman carmen de cruz intended for this to happen i think it was a confluence of things and why don't we know a little bit more because nobody's seen the body cam footage because the the city and i guess in conjunction with whoever's handling this it may be the department of public safety or whoever is is running this case for the state uh, they, they won't let this out at, at most cities where they have a situation like this. This comes out pretty quickly, and you can get an idea of, of what happened. But there's a lot we can't comment on because there's a lot we don't know. And one of the things that I question is, even with regard to the officer, was he 
you know, could this have been just a tragic accident? The reporting on it keeps talking about that he had his finger on the trigger of the gun. Yes. And that it almost could have been something of an involuntary movement that with one hand, him reaching for reaching the keys, for the keys. Yes. That the other with his other hand, it was could have been an almost involuntary movement that with his finger on the trigger that the trigger was pulled and Dean was shot. So with that, if that were the case in if you were to look at this as a tragic accident, which the city if that is something that can plausibly be argued, then why is the city not bringing that? Why are they, why are they being so mum and secretive well, about this? That's true. Except if it speaks to was the was the officer trained as he should have? Was he trained as he should? And and is there something in those videos that would make the city look bad and therefore lead to a? a worse situation in, the, in any proposed settlement, which the taxpayers would then be be forced to do. Um, you know, I, there, there's so many things to look at on, on, on this particular issue, but you wonder if this isn't part of, say, a push, and I, I can't say that this is happening or not, I'm throwing it out as a possibility, by perhaps the NAACP in the area uh, to to make changes at the city level or whatever. But I'm not seeing, and I'll ask you if you do, I'm not seeing a racial component. The guy that was driving the car, Michael Dean, was black. The police officer was Hispanic based on his last name. But I'm not seeing, in my mind, any kind of racial component in what happened that this had to do with bias. That it had to do with yes. bias, exactly. Yes. I mean, I'm hard-pressed to, to, to do that. Well, and you think about the other issues that have happened with the police, and the whole policing today is just such a tough, tough, tough It issue. is, but it would have been just as tragic if the police officer had been a female yes. and, and the driver had been white. It would have been just well, as tragic. Well, and look at the other high-profile cases, questionable, controversial cases we have had in Temple over the last years. Hmm, what comes to mind? Okay, this was back in, I don't know, maybe 2015, or so where we had the five or six officers who were arresting the young boy i think his name was lorenzo martinez at, at the walmart, walmart. Yeah. yes yeah and Broke there were five collarbone. or six officers mm-hmm. and the kid who was 15 16 years old at the time a tall skinny kid weighed maybe 120 pounds ended up with a broken collarbone the kid undoubtedly was mouthy uh has gone on and i think you know has had some some problems with the law and was a was an individual that needed to be what was going on needed to be addressed however six cops on the scene and there wasn't a there wasn't an ability of anybody to maintain a semblance of of just order such that this kid gets manhandled and gets his his collarbone broken and if there was one or two cops which it seems to be the case who really kind of got a little bit heavy-handed with him there were not any other police officers who might have kind of stepped in and said whoa dude to their fellow officers let's let's take this down a couple notches here we got this and they could have subdued the shot the the young man without having to do that kind of 
bodily harm. So you had that situation. And again, I believe that of the of the officers that were there, it was kind of a, a mix of ethnicities who were there with that one for this young man who was Hispanic. But what was another high profile incident? Hmm, our friend C.J. Grisham, where he had an altercation with a police officer. And in the case of C.J. and the two police officers involved with that, everybody was white. Mm -hmm. And that has never ceased to amaze me how justice was never obtained for Grisham. Look, I understand that uh, C.J., and you and I know him. I consider him a good friend. Absolutely. Uh, but he's he's confrontational when it comes to his gun rights. He and his son are walking down this country road carrying long guns. This was perfectly within the law. A police officer comes by and and kind of uh, manhandles him a little bit. Grisham says, why are you carrying these guns? Grisham is a constitutionalist who's, who's becoming a lawyer. He said, because I can, which was the exact correct answer. But the but policeman, but the police guy, the police officer, uh, did, did not like that. And, and this is something policemen need to understand. And that is that when somebody gives you an answer you don't like, don't react in a, in a negative way if that answer is not something that is, um, I mean, if the answer had been, well, yes, I'm carrying it and I'm going to point it at you if you give me any trouble. Okay, that would have given the police officer the right to move forward. He had, go, he, had, he had no right to do what he did. Elemental don't go tit for tat. And yet every single judge, jury, whatever CJ was able to obtain ruled against him. And, and every one of those rulings was wrong under the law. And there has never been justice in that case. But I think the whole point and when we look at all of those cases is where is the bias? The bias, the, you know, where is the racial bias? Well, there was no no racial component uh, there either. I don't know if there was a racial component at the Walmart incident at all. I just think this is this is a situation that said maybe maybe we need a few more staff meetings down at the police department on how to handle situations. Police are supposed to de-escalate uh, and not escalate. The, the situation with George Floyd, which is way out of the bounds for what we're doing today, uh, is, 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 is instructive when you have all the facts. It is hard to understand how this policeman got charged with murder. Manslaughter, maybe, but not murder. Because George right. Floyd was in the process of committing suicide by overdosing on drugs. And yet, when you get, I'll use a fancy word, when you get a zeitgeist in the country that the police are always wrong, I wouldn't want to be a policeman and, and go to trial. There are 19 officers in Austin, Texas right now under indictment from the wow. city's George Soros DA, good old DA Jose Garza, who is a worm. And when they have trouble recruiting new officers, gosh, I wonder why. Well, Austin's only 200 officers short, short. right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that that just all brings us back to the idea here that whether you need to restock the fridge or just have a sudden intense craving for cheese puffs kroger delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes from groceries to household items 
Kroger delivers right to your door. So don't let one major craving have you reaching for your car keys. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery times not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Temple could have problems. Nobody's going to dispute that. There could be problems within the police department. And I submit also that we take a look at the training. In the same way that we see training dumbed down with the military, I want to know what's happening within our police training. Are the people that are there, are those cadets when they're going through training, are they held to rigorous standards Mm -hmm. or are there concerns that we have of even who's being put out on the street, which it doesn't take away responsibility from the individual officers, but it also does put potentially some scrutiny on the city of what what are you doing in terms of preparing people in order to be able to go out and you know when they want to talk about this um this excellence in service excellent services without exception that's the mission statement yes then let's let's see is is the mission statement being fulfilled with our police force are they being properly qualified and equipped to go out and deal with the difficult situations like a michael dean well, and you wonder part. what our police officers would do if we had a Uvalde. Would they sit there for an hour? But let me say, uh, as a person who's lived in or around Temple pretty much all my life, three incidents that we could come up with. You know, you're going to have something. Nobody's perfect. No police department is ever perfect. And I think on balance, uh, we're probably not in too bad a shape here. What happened with Michael Dean and this, and I won't call it a murder. I, I will call it a tragedy. I don't. I don't know because we don't have all the facts. But again, I don't see any racial component in it other than the skin color of the people. And if the skin color of the people is what makes the racial component, we need to step back and look at ourselves because we're being a little less inclusive, maybe than we ought to be. We ought to look at the facts. And we've got to find them out. The other problem that I see right now with where we're going is that I think we're still going to have all this diversity crap going on at the city. I don't think any of that has changed. We're just not going to bring in a BIPOC Chicago organization to do it at a cost of $112,000. So while our city is concentrating on doing all this surveying to see if we have enough diversity. I just hope our water stays clean. I hope our garbage gets picked up. You know, there are things a city has to do. There are things a city ought to do. And there are, are, are some things that a city, it's nice if a city can do them. But and then maybe there's none. other things that the city should never do. And there's I'm things like, the city should never do, and, and I, this would, is one of those. And I would bring in also that the uh, the letter says that we believe that the same goal of what they were talking about doing with this company, um, we believe that the same goal can be accomplished by our own city staff and community members and that retaining services of the outside consultant will not be needed. Ah, so it can be accomplished with the help of community members. Mm-hmm. Now, I hope that the city in this case will do more so than what the school district did. If you remember when their that first or that bond election was defeated in November 2021, they went back and they met with community members to talk about, you know, well, how could yeah. we pare this down? 
But you or I or no one that we know that were against the bond. I don't know that none of us were called and said, oh, would you come in here and help participate in this group and tell us your thoughts about how to make it better? How to, how, what, what's a reasonable number? And what are the projects, the priority projects? No, they still gathered their friends, the people that are going to tell them what they want, and had them come in so that they could repackage and try another bite of the apple. I hope that the city will come in here and find from this group that that has, you know, organized and expressed concerns I'll volunteer to go and help do the survey of these people. Oh, I'll do it too. I would be very happy uh, to do that, you know, but I hope that they will look for community members who aren't just so drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak, of the DEI, and then we're going to say, oh, well, everybody was involved, and this is reflective of our community mm-hmm. standards. Well, I don't have delusions of grandeur for the city of Temple. It's 82,000 people. When I first moved here at the age of four, it was 24,000 people, about the size of Belton now, uh, back in the 50s. But there are some things I would love to see done if we're going to go outside the bounds of just keeping the sewer and the water and the garbage picked up and all that. I'd like to be able to drive out to our local airport and, and, and get on a regional jet and go to Dallas-Fort Worth. Just a couple of flights a day. That's all I'm asking. Uh, it's It just irritates me to have to drive to other cities that seem to have more vision on that. And uh, I'd like to see that looked at. I would like to see, and I still have no idea why we built our convention center in the absolute worst spot that anybody could ever think of to put one. I'd like to see us sell that building to HEB or Walmart would make a great super center and put that uh, and build a little bit nicer when not a lot. I mean, we're not a big convention center, but uh, we're certainly doing some amazing things with our downtown right now, restoring some buildings that are historic and, and it's going to put a lot of people downtown if it all works out. And uh, uh, our convention center downtown would almost invariably lead to at least one hotel. These are things that are outside of what a city has to do but what a city can do to make it a better city. And I'm not against spending some money on things like that. I'm not an old fogey that thinks we ought to, you know, just take every single penny and and hoard it like Scrooge McDuck or something. But let's do the city essentials first, and then let's do some of these things that would make this city have more quality of life as we can afford to do them. And, as, and not in a time when the inflation rate's 9.1%. Well, and I think we need to be sensitive of bringing in programs like this. If anything, this type of program could serve to create chasms between groups of people oh. where they didn't previously exist. I do not, I truly believe there are certain people that do not like this because of their religious beliefs this concern about the the drag queens and all of that that is a component that unfortunately does seem to also oftentimes accompany the whole dei mindset however the bigger question to me is the fact that it can look to to squelch free speech free thinking and try to impose one set of beliefs on an entire group of people and i don't like seeing the whole idea of this this you know concern about the trans transsexuals 
that to me is such a red herring and that's something that for the people who if you're going to argue an issue why give your opponents a cudgel with which to beat you over the head and say oh you're just homophobic i think that there, most people here in temple they want to get up in the morning they want to go they want to go to work they want to do their thing and i don't think i don't think most people are worried about what other people are doing so long as it's legal and 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 uh, it doesn't interfere with their lives that's exactly right and you know that if people want to wave the the gay pride flag fine just because i'm not waving it it doesn't mean that i hate the people who wave the flag it just means that i don't choose to do that yeah it doesn't I, mean I, I hate them i, I it, agree i just draw the line at grooming and i don't want the sit the the temple independent school district to be telling five-year-old kids in kindergarten oh you're 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 you were born a boy but you're really a girl let's go get you that, over and to the doctor that, and, the and, inclusion of books yeah. in public libraries exactly. be it public libraries with the city be it public libraries that are taxpayer funded libraries via the schools i don't want books that promote that type of ideology being our kids being exposed but i don't but i don't want to burn those books either yeah if people want those books fine go get those books i just don't want to promote it with my tax dollars and again i think that most people in the city of temple with this a lot of them would be like why are we even doing this why is this a problem and again, yes, it is, it would seem, a solution looking for a problem. Exactly. Now, if East Temple, which has typically been heavily minority, and, it, and you can drive over there and you'll notice that the convenience stores have bars on the windows, that means it's a higher crime area. And this is something that I have always thought that's that's not for quote unquote white people to fix that's for the people whatever color they are that live in a high crime community start fixing it yourself make sure that when you get pregnant i'm assuming you would be a woman in that case make sure that you have a husband who will be a father especially if you if you're going to have a boy and make sure that start working to 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 bring yourself up it's not for me to bring you up the laws are equitable now there is no codified racism in america anymore anywhere every company out there has a non-discrimination clause and and certainly governments do it's part of the federal law and if you walk into a job interview and you've got you've you've armed yourself with the skills necessary to do that job and you're a person of color you're probably going to get hired so let's let's start uh let's let's start helping these areas by not only the city putting more money into them, and I, I think that any any minority area of the city ought to have the same sewer, water, garbage pickup that everybody else does. I mean, that's, that's, that's where equity is real. If the city's ignoring certain parts, uh, then that's not right. And that's, shame on them. And that's something the city can fix like that. But on the other hand, people who think that they are mistreated and have been put upon need to look in the mirror and say how much of this is my own fault and then fix it and then we don't have these problems but i don't i honestly don't see a problem in the city of temple and it just makes me wonder who's pressuring us because nothing divides like diversity without a doubt without a doubt and if you're going to make the case 
that we do have all these problems and it's time to bring the receipts. Let's see the complaints that have been filed. Let's see the lawsuits that have been put forward. I want to see the data that that supports this alleged problem. And if you can't provide the data, then we really have nothing further to talk about. Absolutely. Well, I don't know that we solved the problem, but at the same time, at least we kind of kicked around some different perspectives of it, gave some people to think about things. You know, I think we both agree this is a battle that for right now appears to kind of have been won, but it's 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 going to come back. It will yeah. come back in some some form or fashion. Well, my bottom line about Temple, Texas, great city. Uh, we don't have a whole lot for people to do here, and we could we could work on that a little bit with more attractions and things. Uh, but it, but it's 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 a great city. It's been generally well run for most of my life, and we haven't had a big race problem in Temple that I know of. Let's keep it that way. Yes. That's exactly right. Enjoyed it. (laughs) Hope we gave people some things to think about. Lynn, any final thoughts? No, just just that, you know, we need to look at people as people, and we need to look at, at, at their talents, their initiative, how they have positioned themselves to live, and and make it more of a personal responsibility because in in all honesty i this whole uh, uh this pervasive racism that we hear about all the time uh i i think any individual person can take care of that by making sure they have a marketable skill by having the initiative and 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 i'm going to say it by not whining Get out there and make your life the best it can be. And that's what excellence is all about. And excellence and diversity kind of clash with each other. I'm an excellence person. And I believe this city ought to hire the best person for any job opening that comes open, regardless of of who it is, what color it is, sexual orientation, the whole song and dance. If that person's hired to come in and do something for the city, let's hire the best person we can. I agree. I agree. And I would say that the the outcry over this has kind of brought together two uh, very diametrically opposed points of view in, with uh, regard to, to the whole DEI concept. But that in all actuality, there's probably the people who are a lot more in the middle. They're the people who just want to live and let live, who you do you, I'll do me. And we're not going to get in, we're not going to get in each other's way, and we're getting along just fine. I think that um, this whole DEI going and looking for looking for these barriers is going down a potentially dangerous road. That is not something that serves the the temple residents well, and it especially is not something that we appreciate our tax dollars being used on. And so I hope that as this moves forward and other discussions are there, that the people who are in the middle, who aren't extreme one way or the other, who are just like City of Temple, stay in your lane. Keep those garbage trucks going. Keep the streets potholes fixed keep the traffic lights running stay in your lane with that and let's not let's stay outside this whole social construct industry that's there and um that's where i hope i see that we go forward so meanwhile to everybody thank you all for listening we hope that we've given you some good things to think about 
And I would just remind you that courage is contagious. Let's try and spread some around. Be logical. 